been fascinated with the unknown and paranormal realms since childhood. After a profound experience with my grandmother's spirit 20 years ago, I have been on a quest to observe, study, investigate, and communicate with the afterlife and beyond. It's been an ongoing journey of exploration and discovery, one that has taught me how mortality and the spirit world are forever bonded through the veils of time. Good evening, everyone, on this fabulous Thursday, November 11th, Veterans Day 2021. So, of course, I want to salute everyone uh, in the military and those that have served and those that serve that are no longer with us. So we salute you. I'm not going to even try to do the salute because I'll do it wrong, but you get the drift. So happy Veterans Day, everyone. So of course, you're tuning into another episode of the Afterlife Chronicles and beyond here on the WLTKDB network. Of course, I'm your host, Nicole Strickland. And tonight, I am going solo. I'm taking the wheel, if you will, and that's fine. I actually, like I've said, I like doing these solo shows, and I'm going to talk a little bit about uh, my upcoming book with uh, Schiffer Publishing, uh, The Afterlife Chronicles, exploring the connection between life, death, and beyond. So I'm going to talk a little bit about that. Uh, Of course, I forgot to mention the website. I'm sure by now our listeners know the site, WLTKDB.com or the let's talk.com. Lots of good stuff on there. Speaking of websites, my author site, author is being redesigned by Todd Bates. I've seen uh, what's been done thus far and it's amazing. It looks fabulous. So lots of new things coming on that site. Uh, when it's done, I'll talk more about it. Uh, let's see. So before I get into tonight's content, I want to make a few announcements. So, uh, Speaking of my website, I've decided to write a short ebook. I don't know page count yet, uh, substantial enough about uh, the essentials of paranormal investigation and research. So I'm working on that. And so what I'm going to do is offer that uh, on my website as a, a free PDF download for those who uh, join my email list and that sort of thing. So I'm working on that, uh, which is a lot of fun. And I do thank everyone because I did post about it on Facebook asking uh, uh, input. Uh, I made my own outline, of course, but I wanted to get others in the field and their input because it is one big collaborative effort. Uh, And so thank you so much for those who gave me input, great suggestions. Uh, I also am going to start a new book as well here uh, about the paranormal But thirdly, and again, it has to do with books, a huge announcement. I did post about it on on Facebook. I am very honored, super honored uh, to have signed along with my fellow uh, authors and contributors, a brand new book with Black Spot Books. Uh, Marie Jones and Denise, Marie D. Jones and Denise Agnew and I, uh, all three of us yesterday signed uh, a contract with Black Spot Books for our upcoming book, Woman on the Fringe, Groundbreaking Women in the Paranormal. It is going to be a 2023 release. And so we are going to feature uh, work from various women in the paranormal, uh, different fields, ufology, cryptozoology, psi phenomena, psychic mediums, authors, tour guides, you name it. So really great book. We're very, very, very excited to be doing it. Um, and, and of course, with Black Spot Books, the publishing company, just amazing company to work with. So we're very, very excited. So we will be reaching out to women uh, in the new year. Okay. So super excited about that. So let's see here. Uh, segueing now into my upcoming book with Schiffer Publishing. I actually finished it before COVID. And so with Schiffer Publishing, it usually takes about a year to about 18 months from the time when you submit the book in to actually having the book in your hand. So uh, it's due out this winter, 2021. Again, the Afterlife Chronicles, exploring the connection between life, death, and beyond. So just a little bit, there's a lot of information in the book. I mean, and here I am, the author. I may criticize it if I will. There's just so much information that you could probably write 10 books from all the information in this one book. So if I had to have a criticism on it, and of course I'm the author, that would be it. So 
starting out with studying the afterlife and some of my personal implications, getting into what is an afterlife anyway. Well, we really don't know exactly, but talking a little bit about the theories for that, the distinction between ghosts and spirits, uh, why uh, looking into maybe the reasons for why the spirit world communicates with the living, uh, the afterlife according to various cultures, uh, the influence of the spiritualist movement on modern day spirit communication and paranormal research, uh, spirit connection with the living, recognizing the signs, and of course, the role of intuition and mind, body, and spirit in connecting with the afterlife. So getting into things about or getting into a discussion about intuition, the role of it in mind, body, and spirit the connection between our mind, body, and spirit in the afterlife. And then I even offer some exercises in there to hone your intuition, uh, talking about the six intuitive modalities or clairs, uh, the chakras, how that all fits in. Uh, let's see, examining the profound connectedness between the living world and afterlife, uh, talking about things in which we'll all get into in a little bit, uh, the role of psychokinesis, uh, the living soul hypothesis, let's see here, uh, near-death experiences, uh, common misconceptions of the spirit world, uh, let's see, uh, thought projections and tulpas, uh, communicating with the spirit realm, so getting into standard techniques, uh, or some people cringe at this word, I know, but the more scientific, if you will, slash standard traditional techniques, and of course, getting into more of the esoteric and... Uh, yeah, esoteric alternative techniques like divining rods, uh, uh, automatic writing, pendulum usage, that sort of thing. Uh, getting into uh, the relationship between the afterlife and our environment. Uh, and then, of course, uh, spirit guides. The book will talk about spirit guides as well. Spirit guide awareness, types of guides, uh, contacting your guides, and of course, fostering the connection. How moving through grief and loss can help you further connect with the afterlife and beyond and getting into uh, aspects such as bereavement hallucinations, uh, visits and messages from the dearly departed, and then of course, healing your loss while honoring your loved ones. So getting into a little bit about how uh, understanding and moving through the stages of grief and loss can, can help you uh, not recover, I guess, but grieve the loss, I guess in a way, yes, recover, but grieve the loss of a, of a loved one. So it's a very uh, extensive book. I really enjoyed writing it. And uh, I'm excited to see it come to fruition. Of course, it uh, hasn't been fully edited by my publisher's editor yet. So, But I decided tonight to read a couple excerpts from it. Of course, they're unedited. <laughs> Focus on unedited excerpts. Of course, my book is now moving through the editing process. Uh, it's really great writing books. It's You know, I never would have ever imagined, ever growing up, I've, I've always loved writing ever since I was little, but never would, I've, would I have imagined when I was young writing a book or writing books. I just wouldn't. And now it's like, I think this is my eighth one. So it's crazy. It's, it's addicting in a way, just like, just like doing podcasts and radio shows and, and just like speaking. And it's a lot of fun. Uh, it, it, there's such a learning process that goes through writing. And I mean, it's, it, it, I could have 50 books written and I'll still consider, consider myself someone who's learning the process. So it's great. So, uh, so why this book, of course, my radio show, the same name, the afterlife Chronicles, um, the purpose of the book, I guess would in, in, in a sense or two, it's, it's not to persuade people to have beliefs in life after death. That's not my responsibility. Uh, I'm not going to even try to uh, persuade someone to have beliefs. That is not, like I said, that is not my thing. And we shouldn't, we shouldn't. That's, it's up to people to have beliefs. If they don't want to believe in the afterlife, that's fine. It's up to them. So it's meant to open your heart to the possibilities that exist when we pass from our physical bodies to the afterlife. And I believe wholeheartedly that our soul everyone has a soul, is able to separate from the uh, physical organ system, systems of the body when it ceases to function and, and move on into the cosmos, move on into the, into the universe and evolve. That is my belief. I believe that wholeheartedly. And I'm going to get into some of these interesting theories that have been developed by scientists uh, throughout the world here. So the book 
emphasizes through discussion of all this, it emphasizes the bonds of love between the living world and the afterlife. And interestingly, as a paranormal researcher, when I first started out investigating, oh, 20 years ago or whatnot, I was very much into the investigation and going in and and having experiences and, and gathering evidence and gathering data. And don't get me wrong, that's still very important. That's a huge integral uh, part of of the entire paranormal case study. But I'm I'm more concerned now beyond that of the the uh, why and how. So I'm more into okay the rapport that I can build with these spiritual energies that I'm communicating with. What messages do they have for me? What can I impart to them that will help them? That sort of thing. So I'm left with what now? What can I offer the spirits? Are they seeking my help? Are they seeking our help? Do they have messages for us? That sort of thing. Are they are they wanting to communicate with us to further uh, our understanding of their existence and so on. So I'm left, I'm kind of moving in that direction beyond just the gathering of, of uh, tangible and untangible data and all of that. So again, it, the book, it focuses on the intrinsic and cosmic motivations between the living world and afterlife's desire to connect and communicate with each other. So if I had to summarize the book in one sentence, it would be that. So, like I just like I said, I discuss a lot of different aspects uh, that are that are very very important. And so, let's look at uh, examining. Let's see. No, let's see here. I wanted to go before I do that. Um, I was going to get into some theories, but before I do that, I want to. So let's look at this profound connection because I believe that there's something I can't tell you what. I mean, come on now, but uh, something is happening in the cosmos that is bringing both worlds together. More so now, I think, than ever before. Uh, maybe it's always been that way, but uh, people are just more uh, focused on it, uh, the paranormal and, and, and people having the willingness to discuss their experiences with the unknown and, and with uh, spiritual experiences with the departed. It's, it's not so hush hush anymore. People are more uh, open and welcome to talk about it. So I think that that's influencing it. But uh, one thing I want to make clear is that, you know, love is something that's eternal. So when uh, whether it's our dad or our mom or, or a friend or a coworker or a pet, when someone passes on that we dearly love, knowing that the love and connection that we have between ourselves and that person, that's eternal, that is going to exist no matter what, death can't destroy that. So we have these bonding connections that we have with our loved ones, and those remain and will never, ever, ever be broken when death comes knocking at the door. And that's a concept that's helped me a lot. I will say that as, oh, my wire here, I will, and I, my goodness, I have my sunglasses still on and it's nighttime, my goodness. Anyways, uh, you know, this is a concept that has helped me, especially in the last 20 years being involved in the paranormal. It's really helped me move through the stages of grief and, and deal with death. It's still a very, very hard concept, but somehow working in the paranormal field, it, it allows me to understand it more and, and accept that it is someone's rite of passage, if that makes sense. So, uh, so the profound connectedness, those physically gone remain with us in, in our shared memories, but it's how this phenomenon happens that continues to remain elusive. So I think of, I, I often think outside of the box. And so I, I think of questions like, okay, so is the interest in studying and communicating with the afterlife and the other side, the result of society's focus on the afterlife and the paranormal? Or is there some sort of inevitable cosmic shift acting as the liaison between the living and the afterlife and even other unknown realms desire to connect? You know, these are questions that 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 I think about often. So there's something out there that is creating this often parallel relationship between both worlds. I mean, nowadays, 
there's so many challenges our world is facing, our world itself, our planet on a planetary level, but on a societal level, there are, you know, people are hurting each other. There's lots of turmoil. We have, we're in the midst of a pandemic. And if people think that COVID-19 is just about a pandemic, I kind of beg to differ on that. What is, you have to look outside the box. What is the greater picture that COVID-19 is trying to tell us, right? Think about that. So it's, it's, it's like our society is starving for this homeostasis, right? And so there's all these challenges. And I do think, and I do believe in many ways that the spirit realm and those dwelling within it know a lot, the soul evolves and goes through uh, maturity when, when it evolves into the spirit realm. So those dwelling in the afterlife in the spirit realm, especially those highly evolved, I do believe have messages and, and information that can help us on this mortal realm, if that, if that makes sense. So uh, I believe the realm, spirit realm, has evolved to a greater consciousness and knows the secrets to the universe. So in, in, in maybe not directly, but indirectly is trying to help us with us, when I mean us, the living realm with many of its problems and challenges. So does the spirit realm have the answers to our mortal problems? I don't know. This, like I said, could be one of the reasons why there's this drastic increase in encounters and uh, people having more of a willingness to discuss these encounters. Uh, so, and, and then along with that, more and more people are wanting to become more attuned to their, their higher selves, uh, realizing that by reaching that higher vibration that we all have, these profound life-changing experiences can happen, including encountering the afterlife um, and its messages. So I want to read this quote here, and I actually found it. Uh, it's by the authors of the book, The Afterlife Experiments, and it, it kind of, in a way, sums up my beliefs and, and what I'm trying to say in this book. So they say, the authors of the afterlife experiments, they say this. They say, if the living soul hypothesis is true, and we develop our abilities to hear what the dead have to say to us, perhaps human deceit might come to an end. It's possible that we could enter a new era of human caring that Linda and I call integrity love. We would be strongly encouraged, to put it mildly, to take responsibility for our actions, openly look to the deceased for everyday guidance. Wait, I'm sorry. Let me back up here. We would be strongly encouraged, to put it mildly, to take responsibility for our actions, transforming the way we live our daily lives. Sorry about that. And as more of us openly look to the deceased... For everyday guidance, this potential could make life easier, safer, and more rewarding. So I find that a very, a very compelling uh, quotation from that book, The Afterlife Experiments. So very interesting stuff here. Uh, I do want to get into, because in the book I talk about, uh, uh, like I mentioned earlier, various scientists and, and highly educated individuals developing these theories. And there have been numerous studies on uh whether the soul can can survive physical death. Numerous studies getting into near-death experiences and all of that. But along with these studies, you have all of these theories too. And when I did research for the book, I just my my mind and my eyes were just like widely open. It's it's amazing what some of these theories suggest and, and when you when you look at it and you think about it from a kind of a critical level it makes total sense but you know what i'm looking at the time right now let's go ahead and take our first break and then when we come back i'll i'll kind of get into these theories about the soul surviving physical death so you are tuning into the afterlife chronicles here on the wltkdb network i'm your host nicole strickland and we will be right back Meet Nicole. 
Nicole Strickland. One of the leading San Diego paranormal researchers, Nicole offers a gentle and humble approach to working with spirit energies. Being the founder of the San Diego Paranormal Research Society, Nicole is no stranger to the unknown. Due to Nicole's vast knowledge of the paranormal, she is widely sought after for speaking engagements on topics like children of the paranormal, paranormal investigation 101 and 102, history of spiritualism, and more. Not only does Nicole research the afterlife, but also writes about it and is the author of several books pertaining to the paranormal and its history. Nicole has appeared on television shows like My Ghost Story, Travel Channel's Famously Afraid, Good Morning San Diego, and more. Have a conference or event coming up? Contact Nicole on her website, authornicolestrickland.com. That's authornicolestrickland.com. minutes past the hour of course you're tuning back into the afterlife chronicles and beyond here on the wltkdb network that's wltkdb.com or the let's talk.com of course i'm your host nicole strickland uh so tonight i've been discussing a little bit about about my upcoming book the afterlife chronicles exploring the connection between life death and beyond and some of uh the the running themes throughout it so uh right before the break, I, I said that I would kind of delve into some of these uh, theories for the soul, the soul surviving uh, physical death, if you will. So that's what I'm going to do now. And I want to start with and some of some of the listeners, of course, uh, may know a lot about these and have, have read up on a lot of these. They're very, very interesting. So I want to start with the cosmic reservoir hypothesis. Now, this is interesting. So it was coined by Professor William James, and he says that or he thinks that all things that occurred since the, the dawning of time are deposited in the cosmos whereby a channeler, psychic medium, if you will, can access the info. So this theory supports why the energetic essence of an individual and an in individual's makeup and life memories never go never goes away. So that's really interesting when you think about that. And then getting into uh, even Einstein's theory, energy cannot be created uh, or destroyed. It can only be changed from one form to another. And, and when you think about that and when the soul if it does, and I do believe that it survives physical death, it just changes form and then almost evolves and grows stronger as it moves through the cosmos, if you will. Uh, moving on to, again, this is very fascinating too, the living soul hypothesis or collective consciousness. So uh, the human soul comprises, of course, the essence of a human being, right? It houses our memories, our psyche, our intuition, and it connects our individual intelligence with the collective intelligence. Uh, Emil, or I don't, I think it's Emil is how uh, it's pronounced. Emil Durkheim is, is almost the father, if you will, of uh, collective consciousness and, and that whole aspect. So like I said earlier, the human souls thought to separate from the, a body once it dies separates from the physical organ systems and and can leave the body at any movement any any moment I mean so this shared consciousness that all of us have it's like a nexus of this shared consciousness it allows us as individuals to share our behaviors and our beliefs and our perspectives and values so uh, very very interesting there and then moving on to uh uh, does the soul continue on a quantum level? So a lot of us paranormal researchers, we do uh, research up and read up on on the idea of, of uh, quantum physics and how that can relate in with the supernatural and uh, supernatural phenomena. So quantum physics, of course, claims that our lives continue on in a parallel universe, regardless of what happens to us in our current plane of existence. So its laws convey that life is not comprised of matter, 
but of vibrations that can break away from from uh, time and space. So very, very interesting concept there. I think that uh, the whole concept of of uh, quantum physics may hold some keys to further understanding and comprehending different various psi phenomena or or supernatural phenomena. Um, I also read up on uh, three things here. So uh, the Munich's Planck, Max Planck Institute for Physics. Now listen to this. So what one of its theories is, is that the physical universe that we reside in is only our perception and an infinite beyond exists once our bodies cease to function. Kind of interesting, right? So many experts claim that they're is no death of human consciousness, but only death of the body. And then uh, let's see here, uh, University of Arizona, that is where I went to undergraduate college in Tucson, Arizona. Go Wildcats, woo! Uh, great, great experience there. Uh, University of Arizona is fantastic, really big school, uh, fantastic school. Tucson, Arizona uh, is great too. I actually liked it. You would think being from San Diego, I wouldn't, but I actually liked Tucson. It was a lot of fun. But anyways, that's that's a different conversation. Uh, but the reason I mentioned it is that Stuart Hammeroff, he's, uh, I believe, a professor at the University of Arizona, along with a British physicist, Sir Roger Penrose here. And I have my notes right here, because it's kind of hard to explain. They feel that our consciousness is merely information deposited at a quantum level. So the pair describes this process as orchestrated objective reduction or in parentheses ORC OR. So merely confirming data that protein-based microtubules or a structural constituent of our cells holds this quantum information that is housed at a subatomic level. So the material within our these microtubules cannot be destroyed, cannot be destroyed once someone is beyond the threshold of death. It's instead it dispenses out into the universe. So I'm quoting him right now. He says, if they're not revived, if a person is not revived and the patient dies, it's possible that this quantum information can exist outside the body, perhaps indefinitely as a soul. So very, very interesting concepts. Uh, again, lots of studies are, are going on about uh, the soul surviving physical death. Uh, numerous, numerous studies, uh, near-death experience studies all throughout the world. I'll cite a couple here in, in, a, different, in, in, a, in a few minutes. One other aspect I read up on that's very interesting is, is uh, renowned scientist Robert Lanza and his idea of biocentrism. So he says that, or his theory is that physical death is a concept that our consciousness makes up, it builds up. He says that death really cannot exist as there's no marginal way to define it. So life, in his, in his theory, life creates the universe, not the other way around. So life, and he feels that life and biology are this integral duo for being, for reality, for the cosmos, life is immortal. So when our bodies physically die, our lives then become, and this is his quote, a perennial flower that returns to bloom in the multiverse, which is really cool. I think that's cool. So very thought out theories here, but I do think that in some ways they uh, do uh, make a lot of sense. So uh, let's see here. I could get into a lot of near-death experience characteristics and traits. I do want to talk a little bit about intuition because I feel that that's important. But I will say that one of the largest studies on near-death experiences is uh, occurring right now at near, uh, I was going to say near, <laughs> I was going to say near-death university. Hello. Woo. Uh, uh, New York university. So that's uh, headed up by uh, uh Sam Parnia, he's the director of resuscitation research at New York University in New York City. So obviously with these advances in medicine, people can be brought back to, to life and then have their brains intricately studied and to see what happens when, when they actually passed on. So the cells in the brain are not 
completely obliterated upon death, they go through, according to him, according to Dr. Parnia, they go through this process of decay, which allows for some time to bring someone back, even though the person has been deceased for many minutes to hours. So uh, let's see, I'm quoting the, the results of the study. So they studied more than 2,000 people who experienced death. So it's the largest study of its kind. Up to 40% of those who came back to life had a perception of what was happening to them, even though that they were beyond the threshold of death. 10% had a deeply profound spiritual experience. And then 2% had full awareness of what was going on. Of course, some may have had perception, but later forgot due to medical treatment or medications. Uh, another another uh, study that's interesting uh, by Emily Williams Kelly of the University of Virginia. She's a psychologist there. In her study, 41% of dying patients encountered deceased loved ones, friends, or spiritual beings in the days and hours leading up to their eventual departure. So very, very interesting aspects here. Uh, like I said, I do want to talk a little bit about uh, intuition. I, I feel, and, and my book does delve into this. It delves into the role of intuition, what intuition is, uh, how it's similar and different to psychic senses, getting into the roles of the, the six clairs, uh, like clairsentience, claircognizance, uh, and the role of, of, of our chakras and how, and how the importance of how developing your intuition and developing your clairs and developing uh, uh, clearing of the chakras and all imbalancing of the chakras, how that can further benefit you as a, a paranormal researcher. So the role of intuition in the mind, body and spirit nexus. So you want to hone, and I believe it was, yes, it was, uh, Todd Bates and I on Haunted Voices Radio, which of course is on Tuesday night, same time. Let me take a drink of water here. My goodness. We had on Linda Myers uh, as a guest, and Linda is an all-around great individual. Uh, she's also a veteran as well, so I want to salute her for her work. She said something that I think is so paramount. She was talking about how when they, when her team has new people coming on, they don't let the new members right away use a lot of the gadgets. They prefer new members to walk around and experience the case study without any distracting gadgets and equipment and in a way to further develop their intuition and uh, their own innate psychic senses. And I think that that is so paramount because you get one of the biggest questions I think that all of us as paranormal researchers get is we get, what is the best piece of equipment, right? I, I mean, we all have had that question asked several times. And my answer is your body. Our bodies are the best. There's no such thing as a ghost detector. There's no such thing as a ghost detecting gadget or anything like that. But our bodies themselves are, if there is anything that's the best, it's, it's our bodies. And so honing our own natural intuition and psychic senses is paramount. That is the foundation. That is the skeletal framework of any paranormal investigator. So that's why I discuss it in my book. And when Linda was talking about that, it, you know, it just, it's something that sticks because it's so, so very important. You know, you're not necessarily, and even some people that go in thinking that they're not psychic or thinking that they don't have these senses and they're relying just on what it, it, the equipment is saying. I mean, they may not think, they may think, oh my gosh, I don't have psychic ability. Oh, I'm, I'm a psychic as a brick or whatever, but they are. Everyone that goes in, whether they believe it or not, is using some sort of intuitive sense. So uh, further developing that is just, uh, it's paramount to the entire paranormal research process. So intuition, what is it? It's that little wisdom packed voice that acts as our emotional, physical, and spiritual compass, survival compass. So it's the divine knowing of what's right for us at any given moment in time. It's an instantaneous, I believe Carl Jung defined it as an instantaneous intelligence that operates 
separate from intellect and analysis. Okay. So I'm going to read a quote here. Well, actually it's a, uh, it's a, uh, let's see here, part of my book here, just a paragraph. Again, unedited because the book is still in the process of being professionally edited by Schiffer. Okay, so this is just a section here. Neuroscience agrees that intuition is connected to the unconscious. Even renowned transpersonal psychologist Carl Jung defined intuition as unconscious perception that accesses embedded processes and knowledge contained in the body and brain. So uh, Penny Pierce here is a foremost expert and author on the focus of intuition. She feels that when an intuitive moment emanates from our unconscious, it's typically via the physical body or our five senses. She also believes that when our innate perception surfaces from our higher selves, it is usually experienced like a major all-knowing epiphany or a genuine rush of global awareness. I'm sure we all can relate to that and we can all think about times when we've had that. We've all had gut feelings at times which suggest for us to do or not to do something. These intuitive hunches appear quickly without any apparent reasoning. Through experience, we've found that these internal prem, uh, premonitory voices will continue to scream at us even if we ignore their signals. Intuition typically rears its head through impressions, metaphors, and symbols. Practicing the incorporation of intuition in your daily life involves gathering what it is that it's telling you and then interpreting its messages. It takes courage and diligence on your part in desiring to make sense of what an intuitive moment is trying to assist you with as it doesn't operate in a literal fashion. Okay, so just a little section there from my book. So it's the art of acknowledging and practicing intuition in daily life. It's that That's such a needed prerequisite to the balancing of our mind, body, and spirit. And having that balance of mind, body, and spirit obviously can help us on so many levels during spirit communication on a paranormal case study, even uh, when uh, dealing with uh, the grief that comes from someone we love passing on. So it's in integrating our innate perceptive compass in all aspects of our life. And that gives us a greater knowledge of the connection between the mind, body, and spirit nexus. So interesting, and I, oh my gosh, I'm probably going to butcher this individual's name, but hopefully not. So a philosopher named Descartes, I think it's Descartes or Descartes, uh, propagated the notion of mind-body dualism in the 1600s. Now, this is interesting. He suggested that the mind and body are separate units. That's what he said. This belief further influenced religion and medicine, but to this day, many physicians and medical personnel practice allopathic medicine which is basically treating the body in parts as opposed to the whole. You go to a cardiologist, they treat your heart. You go to a, a, a pulmonologist, they're going to look at your lungs, that sort of thing. But I think we're seeing a shift in that. And even with, with uh, uh, medical personnel and doctors and, and modern society is starting to shift and veer from that tendency that the mind and body are separate, and it's shifting and in, in, in integrating all three, mind, body, and spirit nexus. So there seems to be a greater belief that uh, consciousness doesn't just belong to the brain and mind, but to our body and spirit as well. And many people feel that our minds are present in our bodies. It's kind of an interesting thing to think about. So when you look at, for example, babies and animals. So babies will showcase what they're feeling in their bodies. So let's say you have a baby that's happy, the baby is going to maybe move around in a happy motion or have a big smile across its face. If a baby is upset, you'll see the face redden, uh, the baby may cry, that sort of thing. Uh, same thing with animals. Uh, so for example, with cats, uh, or dogs, for example, uh, dog owners know this. So when you go to work all day, eight to five, you come home 5.30 or 6 p.m., the dog is ex exhibiting this physical excitement over you being back. Uh, cats, for example, when they uh, are fearful, let's say they hear a noise from outside, 
physically are going to be able to sense through what they're doing with their ears will go back. They may uh, run under the bed, that sort of thing. So uh, very, very interesting here. Let's see. This is interesting, too, and I'm going to read this. So Bruce Lipton, he's a PhD. He's a renowned cell biologist. He equates our body's cells to small people. So a cell's ecosystem is influenced by nutrients, toxins, and an individual's perceptions. They are in constant communication with each other through uh, photons of light and the human energy field just outside the body. As such, they comprehend the energy from this layer and justly respond. Our cells endure the same emotions that we do via energy vibrations and body chemistry alterations. Just as each individual operates independently and as a member of society, so too do our selves. cells. So, for example, it is not all surprising that the cells in our hearts and brains communicate with each other through the vagus nerve. Both of these organs are responsible for receiving, interpreting, and processing intuitive information information with the heart obtaining the information first. So when you examine the, and I, in the book, I go on to talk about the connection between the mind, body, and spirit and the afterlife. So when people are in touch with their own intuition, their own innate psychic senses, while at the same time work to hone in balancing the mind, body, and spirit, they will be able to further access divine information and comprehend cert certain coded messages from the spirit realm. So what this does is it creates a more profound rapport between the mortal world and the afterlife. So you have these energy fields that make up the unique individuals that we are. There are forces that exist to make up the mind, body, and spirit when we die those forces that what I meant what I meant to say is those forces that make up the the mind body and spirit. Jeez, I'm going like this with my hands tonight. You know, I'm Italian and Italians just do that. I don't know what it is. It's hilarious, but um, I think it's called gesticulation. Oh my gosh, hello. My hands are like telling a story here. Anyways, uh, so the forces that exist with mind body and spirit they dispense out into the universe and that sort of thing. So our cells hold memories, whether dead or alive. So through the memories, a spirit may continue to experience a health issue. And when you think about that, and assuming this is true, think about times when you've gone into a, a paranormal case study, whether it's a private residence or a historic site, and you may all of a sudden get a, a piercing pain in your chest, or you may be getting a, a, some sort of ache in your leg that's not you, but you're sensing what an earthbound or, or a spirit may have gone through physically. So when you sense that it could relate to this, that, you know, these cells hold memories, whether dead or alive. And it's through these memories that spirits may continue to experience these health issues and, or have the ability to pass on to us mortals, what they experienced in life. So whether it be, let's say, uh, for example, at the Rancho Buena Vista Adobe, there's a, there's an entity there that we feel may have been shot in the chest. And a lot of people go into this certain room and they feel this piercing pressure in their chest or, or pain in their chest. So very, very, very interesting concepts. So, uh, so it could be through this, that energies uh, can relay certain physical signs and symptoms that they had when alive to the living so, and this, of course, all equates to previous and past lives as well, and how the core of our individual <clears throat> being evolves through each life we live. So I think I'm looking at the time. We do need to take a second break. It's a few minutes early, but I'm going to take it. When we come back, I want to offer uh, a little meditation, a symbol meditation exercise. And by the way, uh, I do... In, in the chapter talking about this mind, body, and spirit and the role it plays in the afterlife, I do offer exercises to hone your intuition as well. So uh, we're going to take a, our second break here. You're, of course, tuning into the Afterlife Chronicles. Of course, I'm your host, uh, Nicole Strickland. And when we come back, I'll get into a very cool little symbol meditation exercise. So stay tuned, guys.
looking to launch your new masterpiece? Then try something new with Moonbow Publishing and Publications. At Moonbow, we have a strong desire to serve authors in a powerful and meaningful way. After all, you've poured your heart and soul into your writing and we fully understand and respect that. Remember this. You will own the copyright to your work. You will have the final say on your work before published. Even after all of that, we've saved the best for last. We won't take a percentage sold. Nope, not a penny. Excited about MoonbowPublications.com yet? We thought so. Take advantage of our company's services like book editing, formatting, and covers, publishing, and photography. Moonbow Publishing and Publications has everything you're looking for in a company. Remember, we will not keep any commissions. We are a boutique publishing company focusing on spiritual, health and wellness, and personal growth genres. So come and see what we can do for you at MoonbowPublications.com. That's MoonbowPublications.com. Moonbow Publications, a new kind of publishing company. Forty-five minutes past the hour. Of course, you're tuning back into the Afterlife Chronicles and beyond here on the WLTKDB network, WLTKDB.com. Of course, I'm Nicole Strickland, and uh, I'm looking through some of the comments here. I have to get better at uh, cycling through the comments while I'm doing the show, but I want to say hello to Linda Myers is in there, uh, Mikey Rosario. Let's see who else. Michael LaShiana. Uh yeah, a few others. I think my mom's in there somewhere. So great to see you guys. Uh, I admire your work as well. Uh, very good researchers in the comments. Uh, so let's see here. So sim an individual symbol meditation, because our intuition often works through symbols. Uh, they've been incorporated for thousands, thousands of years. They have been utilized for art, psychology, prayer, uh, religious or non-religious rituals, business and health, you name it. There are many examples of symbols and their attached meanings. So the following uh, exercise is actually an adaptation of uh, Pierce's personal symbol meditation as highlighted in Dr. Kate Howell's article, Developing Intuition, an In-Depth Guide to Accessing and Decoding the Language of Your Soul. I love that, language of your soul. So in the exercise, uh, it, it requests you to get in a comfortable, peaceful position and close your eyes. And I, I do before I let me back up a little bit. I do want to say that there's really no right or wrong to meditation in the sense that people like to do their own little rituals, if you will, or they have their own little practices for their individual meditation. Uh, walking meditation is one that's very common that you don't think about that often. So there's really uh, no right or wrong style to it. It's whatever works for you. So getting back to this exercise, uh, you get in a comfortable position, peaceful position and close your eyes. And you want to really concentrate on your breathing as you physically and mentally relax. So this is not something you want to rush. You want to take your time with it. Once you feel you're at that uh, physical and mentally relaxed state, you ask your body and mind to bring you a personal symbol to help grow your intuitive development. So you pay close attention to the specific symbol that communicates with you and give permission for it to enter your mind. This may not happen right away as it could occur over the next several minutes. So it's something to really have a lot of patience with as you're doing this exercise. Stay with your uh, relaxed state as long as you need. And when the time is right, slowly open up your eyes as you become aware of the present. And I've actually done this a few times and it's really amazing. It, it's it. I just feel so... Uh, balance. There's like a sense of homeostasis between like my mind and my body and even my spirit when I do this. So it's, it's, it's really phenomenal. Uh, so intuition, the big part of all of this and why I wanted to include this in the book is you really cannot have the mind, body and spirit separate there. It's really the, they interrelate with each other. It's a nexus of all three 
and they connect with each other so beautifully. And when it's balanced and when it's right, it's going to help you on so many levels. And then, of course, if you're a paranormal researcher or an afterlife researcher or a psychic medium or whatever, it's definitely going to benefit you and your clients and the spirits you work with on so many levels. So I think it's very imperative to uh, talk about it. And so hence why I, I talk about it in the book. And again, going back to Linda Myers, who's in chat, uh, her discussion of, uh, and I, again, I'm going to repeat it because it's so paramount, having people that are even veterans in the field, but having new uh, uh, investigators that, that join a team, having them first get adopted to their intuition and getting comfortable with that and then moving them on into uh, working with uh, the gadgets and, and uh, different methodologies like EVP and, and spirit photography, what have you. That's so important. Okay. So let's see here. Uh, I forgot. This is kind of a disjointed show tonight. And I, I really do apologize because it's really hard to talk all about the book in one hour. And I realize it's, it's so disjointed because there's so many different aspects to it. I had planned to do a read through, but I'm looking at the time. It's only six fifty, So I think what I'll read, I'll just read a short uh, segment here. And then I had a, cause throughout the book I offer, I, I interviewed several people, several people for this book. I think there's about 18 or 19 people in addition to my stories. And so I, offer a lot of their well throughout the book i offer their stories so if it's a book on or if it's a chapter on spirit guides i have stories about spirit guides as if it if it's a chap the chapter on spirit communication and the different uh spirit communication techniques i i have stories that kind of fit in with those those chapters so a lot of amazing stories from people who've had very profound life-changing experiences with the spirit realm and beyond. And so there's several throughout the book. I had planned to do a story read through tonight, but I don't know if I'm going to get probably not. So I'll summarize it, but I'm going to read this one section here. It's not really a section. It's just a, uh, a paragraph here. And it's in, it's in my chapter about examining the profound connectedness between the mortal realm or the living and the afterlife. So again, unedited because it hasn't been professionally edited yet. That's coming, but I'll go ahead and read that now. Let me take a sip of water first. My goodness. Okay, here we go. So this is an excerpt from the book here, short excerpt. Every single living entity experiences the profound connected or the profound effects of love and connectedness. Love in its purest form is something that ignites within the depths of our souls and something that physical death cannot destroy. Like an eternal flame, it is an essential component to the building blocks of life, to establishing who we are meant to be as individuals. It is what fuels us in uniting with our true selves. The bonding connections we have with our family, friends, pets, and those we adore can be physically broken when death comes knocking at our door, but can never be diminished entirely. After all, we are discovering through both collaborative study and experience that the very energetic essence of those gone but not forgotten remain with us and in our shared memories. It's how this phenomenon happens that continues to remain elusive. Perhaps the mortal realm is not yet permitted to unlock the keys and understanding this and thus knowing the secrets of the universe. However, it doesn't prevent us from attempting to comprehend it. Whatever the case, there is a beautiful con connectedness between the afterlife and mortality, which deserves much needed exploration. So with that said, I commend every single individual out there in the trenches of paranormal research that are doing authentic heartfelt, genuine research into the paranormal. That's part one. But part two are doing it with utmost respect and reverence, not only for themselves, not only for their teammates, not only for the site, the location that they're, they're researching, but of course uh, for the spirits and resident 
earthbound energies and spirits that dwell within that site. So I commend my hat goes off to each and every one of you. And it's, it's really an honor to know so many like-minded individuals who really have a passion to, uh, for studying the unknown, studying the paranormal and, and connecting with the spirit realms and beyond. So uh, my hat goes off to you. So we're, have about six minutes left in the show. I, I was thinking of doing this read through of this really cool story. Uh, I'm not going to have time, so I might end uh, a couple of minutes early, which is fine. It'll give me a chance to, I, I actually mentioned, oh, I did mention at the beginning, uh, I forgot to mention that WLTKDB does have a station break. So beginning Monday, December 20th and ending uh, Monday, January 3rd, I believe it is. So no shows for that time period as it's the holidays and whatnot. Okay. So my voice is starting to go. Okay. Let's see here. Who do I have on next week? So I have uh, Brandon Wainwright. He is a, a police officer from Northern California and he wrote a book called Tyson's gift. And I'm blanking on the sub. I think it's something I'm blanking on the subtitle. It's, it's Tyson's gift, how an eight pound canine, Oh my gosh. Um, ugh, blanking on the, let me pull it up real quick. Hold on. Give me a second here. Should have had this one written down. Y'all should have had it written down. So Tyson's gift here. Cause I don't want to butcher it on air. That would be terrible. Okay. Let's see here. Okay, here we go. So the book is Tyson's gift. How an eight pound canine became a man's greatest spiritual guide. So when Brandon's publicist reached out to me saying, you know, Brandon would like to be on your show. I was like, oh my gosh, I jumped to the chance of, of emailing her back saying, of course, absolutely. So he's coming on next week. And so again, he's a police officer from Northern California. And so the book, and I'm reading it now, it's an amazing book. I've already cried. It's very emotional, just an amazing book that talks about the very strong soul bonds that Brandon and his wife had and have because they still have it with their dog Tyson and after Tyson passed Tyson communicated with Brandon and his wife from the spirit realm and the book is about how that changed his aspect or his 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 whole aspect on on spirituality and that sort of thing so amazing book I cannot wait to interview him so that's next week same time six Pacific, eight central, nine Eastern. Of course, Thanksgiving is uh, on Thursday, November 25th. So I won't have a show that night. And then of course, Thursday, December 2nd, Seth, Michael and Tristan, David Luciati are on board for that day as well. Let's see, I'm trying to fill in time here next week on Haunted Voices Radio. We have Cheryl Carter as well. So she wrote a book too, uh, I'm blanking on the title right now, but it's, it's a very interesting book here. And we're going to talk to her about that. Um, lots of great guests coming up. So uh, I'm just kind of rambling on here for, for the last three minutes. I think it's time to end. <laughs> I think this is a good, a good part to end. So I want to thank you guys for tuning in tonight. I do apologize for being a little bit disjointed, uh, but that's just the way the ball rolled tonight. So hope you have a great night. Hope you have a great weekend and we will see you next week. Good night, guys.